Hello everyone, good evening, good morning and welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar with your hosts, myself, Rory Petrie and Mark Broadhurst. Um, welcome back, it's been another very entertaining weekend of Bundesliga action so please sit back and enjoy uh, as me and Mark go through and analyse everything that's been going on this weekend. Obviously, if you do like the show and you've been sticking around and watching us uh, for the last few weeks and you haven't clicked subscribe yet, please, please do. Yeah, so click that big red button and uh, and join the rest of our other subscribers uh, over the bar so that you don't miss out on any shows, uh, the Bundesliga show and indeed uh, the League One show. So please do subscribe and do so if you're listening on an audio platform as well. <coughs> Um, uh, as obviously we're back now with the full version of the Bundesliga show, we did a midweek version, a bonus version the other the other day. So it's back to Mark with uh, Mark's mystery anagram. So we're back to usual this week. So over to Mark for uh, for a new anagram and to go over the previous one as well. Yep, absolutely. So yeah, so let's start by remembering the anagram from last Sunday. So yeah, so as you can see on the bottom of your screen, it was wheat them pop so yeah wheat them pop so yeah possibly not the hardest one ever this week but yeah we we did uh the correct answer was indeed it was schalke's uh, on form stri american striker matthew hop yeah but unfortunately he didn't score this week which usually we have a tradition where whoever is the anagram for the week before usually has a good week but this week he didn't <laughs> score so yeah no it proves that it doesn't always work so yeah, so let's have a look at um, this week's anagram now. So remember, guys, it's got to be something related to the Bundesliga. It has to be a player, a manager, or uh, a club from the first division of the Bundesliga. So let's have a look at this week, week 18's Mark's mystery anagram. So let's have a little look. So as you can see on the bottom of your screen, it's three words this week. It's catchier shirt sin <clears throat> catchier shirt sin so remember guys if you're listening on our youtube channel don't be afraid to comment we'll give you a shout out if you get it correct so don't be afraid to comment give a um, remember also you can interact with us in any way as well it doesn't have to be with the correct uh, anagram answer it can be anything about your thoughts on the week's games who you thought the hero and zero of the week was uh, we we appreciate any uh, interaction with you guys yeah we had a few good comments this week so yeah it's really great to see that you guys are starting to interact with us more and more so yeah so remember guys if you are listening on our uh, podcast i'm just going to read it out to you slower just so you can write it down there so i know we we get a growing number of people on our podcast now which is great so let's uh yeah so the first word is catchier c-a-t-h-i-e-r the second word is shirt s-h-i-r-t and the third word is sin s-i-n catchier shirt sin is the mark's mystery anagram for week 18 so yeah so this week's fixtures were the same as um, back in september in early september when we kicked off the bundesliga season 
which yeah, it does seem a long time ago in all honesty at least uh, here in germany where we have a strict lockdown we can barely even leave the house at the moment to be honest with you but yeah the football has been good it's been a really really good weekend of football this week so let's um uh, just before we get into the main analysis let's recap the nine results for week 18. so as you can see on the bottom of your screen we started with a friday night thriller two teams who played the third game in six days uh, ended in a 4-2 win for Borussia Mönchengladbach against struggling Dortmund. Uh, Edin Terzic doesn't seem to have been able to uh, change the fortunes of the club. Then moving on to Saturday, we had on form, probably the form team of the whole league at the minute, got a 5-1 win. Frankfurt away in previously on form Bielefeld who'd kept three clean sheets before this game. Then we had a, a big win for, for Augsburg against Union, which keeps them in mid-table. Um, a good win in the battle of what looks like being a top four race for Wolfsburg away in Leverkusen. Yeah, Wolfsburg only lost two games all season in 18 now. Pretty impressive numbers. Then Freiburg continue their fantastic form. They completed the double over Stuttgart backing up their 3-2 win in Stuttgart on the opening day of the season. And that is a derby as well. So uh, they got the bragging rights there for this season. Uh, Mainz, with the shock of the weekend, winning 3-2 against second-placed Leipzig. We'll discuss that one more a bit later. And then, yeah, Werder Bremen, uh, yeah, they always seem to find a win when they need to. And they got a brilliant, probably one of their performances of the season, a 4-1 win in beleaguered Hertha Berlin, who also uh, let go of Bruno Labbadia uh, today, actually. We, we film on the Sunday and today the news broke that he has been relieved of his duties so we'll have to see what happens there for the side that just continues slipping down the table. Then moving on to Sunday, we had a predictable 4-0 win for Bayern away against relegation-threatened Schalke. They're starting to slip further and further from safety. And then back-to-back uh, 3-0 -back wins now for, for improving Hoffenheim. It's been a fantastic week for them and Sebastian Hernes. So, yeah, they can enjoy the show this week. Uh, having achieved back-to-back 3-0 wins, this time over FC Cologne. So that rounds up the scores for Week 18. So let's have a look at the OTB's Featured 4 now. So let's swiftly get into it. So, yeah, there's no better place to start, really, is there than the Friday night thriller between Borussia Mönchengladbach and uh, Dortmund, as you can see, which ended in a 4-2 win for the home side. I mean, obviously, it was a topsy-turvy match. Obviously, Gladbach going ahead through uh, Nico Elmedi after just 10 minutes. They already had a goal disallowed in the first 60 seconds, actually, of this game. Then the only man who seems to be playing for Dortmund this season, really, to be honest, Haaland bangs in a double, and it looks like he might just be able to breathe in uh, life into Dortmund's season again. But then it just fell apart, didn't it, completely? Uh, getting back level just before halftime. Then the second half was a yeah, pretty one-sided affair, really, Rory. Yeah, it was. Um, it was a very good game of football to watch uh, for a neutral's point of view. Um, Gladbach did start the game very brightly and, and as you mentioned, scored after about 
a minute and 30 seconds, but it was obviously chalked off because of VAR and a, a foul by um, Neuhaus in the build-up, which I think it just about was um, on Bellingham. Might have got away with one, to be fair. Um, and then they did eventually get their, their deserved lead, um, obviously through Elvedi, who's been um, very, very good, has come to the fore uh, of late for his club. Um to get them one up but then to, to Dortmund's credit they did respond quite well to that and then did pile on the pressure um which did eventually tell um Haaland as as you mentioned Mark got himself two goals the first of which was a superb finish um obviously a little clip in behind um by Sancho and and Haaland's finish was basically the only space in the goal there was past Sommer to finish into um, so that was very nice. And then, again, some good um, play between Bellingham and Sancho in the area. Quick feet, quick one-two. And then they set up Haaland to swivel and spin um, to score his second goal. So that was a really nice goal as well, actually. Um, but, yeah, for, I mean, obviously, from that point on, you, you obviously, as a team, you want to try and get try and get into half-time, 2-1 uh, up, which... Obviously, unfortunately, didn't happen for Dortmund. It's um, a free kick banged in by Stindl. Um, Berkey's failed to deal with it, bounces out, and Helvedi all, all of a sudden has got the uh, the goal-scoring touch and was there to follow up. The only person following up um, to make it 2-2. And, and from that point on, I think, obviously, Dortmund's head's dropped. Um, ben Sabayani's goal was a nice little cut in and finish, actually, to make it 3-2. And then the returning Marcus Turan uh, managed to make a big impact this time uh, for the positive, for the good, uh, with a very nice header from a corner um, to effectively kill the game for uh, his club and, and get a huge win for Gladbach. Um, obviously, it's great for them to have uh, Turan back. Uh, hopefully, that can be the maybe the catalyst for him learning a lesson, a very big lesson in that regard, because they did obviously miss him whilst he was away. Um, so, yeah, uh, obviously, that was a really big result for Gladbach. Gets them back in the mix, uh, well and truly in the mix, obviously, for, for top four football now. I think they're a point behind Wolfsburg. Um in fourth place so they're right in the mix now which is great for them and the roles have kind of reversed because Gladbach not long ago were in like seven four eighth and now Portland's <laughs> keep on falling um and now form uh obviously find themselves in seventh uh seventh eighth place um and and just a lacking a belief it seems at the moment to win games yeah, I mean, obviously we did, I remember in the midweek show, we called, obviously after the defeat in Leverkusen, we called for a few changes to the personnel. I mean, we did see uh, Thomas Meunier dropped this week. I mean, uh, obviously a lot of Dortmund fans are very much disappointed with his performance. We saw the youngster Mathieu Mori replace him at fullback. Yeah, again, though, it's uh, it's not the kind of, probably the calibre of play you want to come in. I mean, obviously, they've had Schultz as well that can play fullback, but he's not exactly covered himself in glory since he joined the club uh, 18 months ago. He's had a few poor performances before, and they, they have to turn to these youngsters, you know, and I mean, it's just, I mean, we, we another disgraceful performance from Berkey, really, I thought, and I'm really starting to, to be honest, he's a goalkeeper that I've never really fully rated but, and I'm really starting to question him big time at the moment now. I mean, he's just, uh, he doesn't seem to deal with the balls in, does he at all? He, he's not even that 
consistent of a shot stopper at times for me. And it's just um, that is another position that's very problematic for Dortmund at the moment. But yeah, I mean, turning to Gladbach, I mean, I, I remember maybe two months ago, a month ago, probably only a month ago, really now. But we said that Gladbach, they need to make the most of the, uh, the Champions League season pausing for a while. And they really have done that, you know. I mean, the, the level of performance has skyrocketed, really, from a few months ago. They've re they've managed to get, like, a much stronger side out every week, whereas before that, they were rotating way too much for my liking. I mean, obviously, uh, you, you've seen Turam come back and get a goal as well now. I mean, they have actually coped pretty well when Turam's been gone, you know. In fact, I think mm -hmm. they won four... He won four and drew one of his five games away. So, I mean, they can't really say they've done badly. But, I mean, you still want your best players in there, don't you? And I mean, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Gladbach fifth place now. Fifth place, only one point and only four points off second. So, and they're probably the, in, the team in the best form in that kind of top six or seven at the moment, apart from, obviously, Bayern. So, yeah, I mean, things are really looking on the up for Gladbach and Marco Rosa now. I mean, <clears throat> I remember just before Christmas, we said that uh, Marco Rosa at the minute is going to be looking at Dortmund and saying, snapping the hand off to take him. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, I'm not sure, really, because I think um, Dortmund have got some serious problems. And for me, if they don't make the top four, they're going to struggle to keep both Haaland and Sancho in the summer. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think I it's think very worrying. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I know we were chatting a little bit over the weekend and I think I said to you a thing, obviously, Dortmund obviously quite evidently need a top-class coach at the moment um, to try and tie things, to no, obviously tie things back up and push forward. But the question is, do, do they try and wait until the end of the season, which might be the best time to do it? But if they don't come top four, how attractive are they going to be to a Marco Rosa or or someone else of that calibre. And then if they don't come in the top four, do they then lose Haaland and Sancho, which makes them an even less attractive proposition? So it's very tricky because obviously at the moment there aren't that many coaches out of a job. Um, I mean, I saw the other day that Rafa Benitez had just um, been sacked or had stopped his management with the Chinese side that he was in charge of. If you got someone like Rafa Benitez in on an interim basis for the rest of the season, I know maybe he's not well known for for any doing any work in Germany, perhaps, but he's someone that could very easily kind of, with his experience, you know, see Dortmund through. He's done that sort of job before, um, so that would be you know an, an interesting thought, perhaps. But yeah, Dor Dortmund at the moment are kind of in a, a bit of a mire. They're in a bit of a fifty-fifty area where they try and gamble on a coach now or maybe try and see it's the end of the season. But either way around, it's going to be very interesting what happens uh, at uh, Signal Iduna Park in the future, well, in the next few months. Yeah, definitely. I think it's become like a bit of a fashion really in football now that when a manager gets sacked, that they kind of go with a young coach to try and see them through and see if it comes good. I mean, obviously, in some cases, it's come very good. I mean, obviously, Hansi Flick. I know he's not that young, but still, it came very, very good with him. Like, remember, he was only uh, he was only appointed on an interim basis as well, and I think until the end of December originally, and yeah. then they extended it to the end of the season. And obviously, he won the treble, and he might go on to win a double this season as well. The way things are going, but I mean, more often than not, it doesn't work this kind of thing. And I think Dortmund have done this before, to be honest, and it's failed. And I think I, I totally agree with you, Rory. That for me, I'd be 
they need to appoint someone and quick because you've got to remember with COVID-19, the, which doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon, it's already harder and harder to get coaches in, you know, because of travel restrictions and things like yeah. that. For me, they have to pinpoint someone and say, look, we either on a, a more experienced coach on an interim basis or someone on a full-time basis because, uh, What's quite clear is that I don't want to blame Edin Terzic because, I mean, he's very inexperienced and he's a young guy. And, I mean, mm-hmm. the job's just far too big for him at the minute. But yeah. I feel as though Dortmund as a club is at a, a, a crossroads, to be honest, because, as you say, they've got a very, very young squad that need leadership. They really need leadership. And it's uh, the only really experienced player I can think of at that club is Mats Hummels, really. Like, most of the players, Sancho, Bellingham, Rayner, Haaland, they're all like 20, 21, you know, and it's just uh, they need someone to go in there and like take control and just kind of, and it might have to be like a Benitez or even an Allegri, to be honest. Mm. Okay, they don't play the most beautiful football in the world, those kind of coaches, but they get results. And for me, they have to get in that top four because it's short of that. I just cannot see how they're going to keep Sancho or Haaland, to be honest. I really can't. Okay, so let's move on to the next game, which was a massive, massive shock. I mean, this was a game between second bottom and second top. So 17th v second, and it ended in a massive shock, 3-2 win for beleaguered, or at least previously beleaguered Mainz winning, who just sold the best player midweek to Mateta. And then all of a sudden they bang in three goals. It's just, football's just crazy sometimes, isn't it? You just can't... (laughs) What did you make of this one, Rory? Uh, an interesting game. Uh, I mean, it's certainly one that I had as a banker on my weekly Bundesliga bet, which obviously soon went south. Um, I obviously saw me, uh, mine come back um, to you know to level things up um, a couple of times, and then obviously then then go and take the lead and win the game was extremely extremely surprising um they do seem to well certainly of late save their best performances against the big boys obviously they got a very respectable draw against Borussia Dortmund uh, a couple of weeks ago and then uh, they've thrown in this performance um and I think it's truly deserved before uh result as well because um they targeted Leipzig, um, certainly by the looks of it, from set pieces and from crosses as well. Um, they got a lot of joy from that, I think. Um, and it was uh, Nia Karte who, you know, who doesn't get many goals. Uh, and managed to get himself two in one game from obviously being a presence in the area. Um, obviously, the first one is a uh, the first goal for Nia Karte is a. A ball whipped in, which uh, Peter Galacci, I think, has, has dropped, which so obviously that's not, he's not covered himself in glory there. And Niakate is on hand to uh, to knock it home. And then the second goal is a, a a corner, I think, which is whipped in and headed back in the cross goal. And Niakate is there again to kind of tap home. Um, and they had lots of chances, to be honest, from from those sort of like crosses and, and set pieces. Um which RB didn't really deal with very well. Um, the third goal, again, is a bit of a weird one. It's great work from the Costa down the right to get in a, a cross down uh, down the byline. And then um, Barrero, um, might be saying his name wrong, uh, so apologies for the pronunciation, um, managed to kind of flick it at the near post. And, and obviously it goes past Galacci um, to make it 3-2. And 
obviously Leipzig did press to try and get the equaliser, but apart from the odd good save, I'd say they weren't they weren't dramatically uh, under the cosh that much. Obviously, um, they were desperate for the win minds, but yeah, that's about as big a shock as I could have predicted. It certainly wouldn't have been one. I, <laughs> there certainly would have been one that I picked um, for this weekend for sure. Um, so yeah, very well done to Minds. Uh, that's certainly given them a, a much bigger kind of glimmer of hope. It was only a couple of weeks ago where we were saying that Schalke was more likely to get out of trouble, and lo and behold, Minds, you know, come out and produce a um, wonderful performance and result like that. So well done to them, and it's um, well, obviously from an RB point of view and a Bundesliga title race point of view, is kind of. Um, effectively curtailed that, which obviously is very disappointing for general supporters of the Bundesliga because we, we don't want to see something just um, buy and kind of cruise to it again. Uh, but at the moment, it's looking fairly uh, uh, ominous, especially with that result. Yeah, definitely. But I think uh, in regard to the, the bottom of the league, it kind of brings it back open a little bit more because obviously midweek we were saying it looks well and truly over for Mainz and Schalke. And especially looking at the games that they had, they had the top two this weekend as well, respectively. So you yeah. were thinking that's going to be another defeat for both of them. But I mean, obviously, mindset, they breathe life into the season. But I think sometimes that can happen. Like I think there was obviously a few problems behind the scenes with Mateta. Like he didn't play his last four games. Perhaps he was, I mean, I don't know for sure, but maybe he was sulking and trying to get a move away from the club. And maybe that was kind of like, affecting performances because I think aside from the Dortmund result they seem to be getting worse rather than better in some ways I would say but I mean yeah I mean this performance was fantastic really. I, I've got to say though I mean Leipzig won't be won't be proud of themselves at all especially defensively because I think um, what one of the main um, <clears throat> before probably the last four or five games I was really really impressed with uh, Leipzig's defence this season I think for me the, the defence have been like the highlight of their season and also uh, the performances of Peter Galazzi in net as well. <clears throat> I mean, I'll be honest, I was never really a massive fan. I always saw him as a bit of a weakling for Leipzig before the first half of this season. But for me, today's performance was uh, back to the old Peter Galazzi, really. <laughs> I mean, this was uh, not good enough at the end of the day. I mean, obviously, the, the first goal, he dropped the easy header, really, right into the path of Mia Kate. Then I think even the third goal was a strange one, really, wasn't it? Because the cross mm. was like so far from the byline. I think he thought it was going to go out. Yeah, And then I don't know, like, could he have done a bit better with that third goal? For me, yes, really, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was just, it shouldn't have been such an easy finish from that angle, really, as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, he put it in with pretty much ease, Barrero, didn't he? So, um, yeah, I mean, this was this was a very, very disappointing uh, performance. I mean, obviously, Nagelsmann in the week is being linked with Chelsea as well. I don't know if you heard that, Rory, but That's there were a new few one. talks about uh, Nagelsmann I mean, I, I think he's a very professional guy. I don't think he would have let that affect him or the, the setup at all. But, I mean, yeah. I, I definitely think Nagelsmann is a guy that will fancy himself. And he's got the character to manage at the very, very top of the game, you know. And I think, um, obviously, with the way things are going for Frank Lampard at Chelsea, I wouldn't be surprised to see a guy like Nagelsmann. Maybe not this season, but perhaps next season in the Chelsea hot seat, to be honest with you. I really can't see that. So, yeah, maybe that's another interesting development on that front okay so let's move on to the third uh, feature game of the weekend which was 
for me, probably the performance of the weekend, really. I mean, Frankfurt were just red hot in this game, weren't they? Some of the goals. And, I mean, specifically Philip Kostic. I mean, what a game he had. I mean, that goal, I think it was uh, the third goal. It was just an absolute rocket, wasn't it? I mean, we, we praised Ortega a lot. We praised him a lot, and rightly so, this season. But, I mean, there's not much he could have done in this game, is there, Rory? No, unfortunately not. Um, I think probably at the start of the season when Armenia got promoted, they maybe thought that they would have had a few more of these sort of days um, where they saw goals going past them at will. And I think it was just one of those days where maybe the there was the odd mistake, I think, certainly for the first goal where the clearance hits their defender and then obviously falls to Silver for 1-0, for which is finished, a good finish anyway. Um, there's not an awful lot they could have done with some of the goals. Obviously, Kostic's goal is an absolute banger. Obviously, a great hit. Um, the second Silver goal is a really nice bit of play, and then he meets it clean on the volley. Like Obviously, there's nothing much Ortega would have done with that. So, yeah, I mean, Frankfurt were just hot hot on fire and obviously Kamado was running running the show um, he then set up um, Jovic um, who obviously came off the bench to get himself another goal um, so I mean they, they seem to be rotating their, their team quite well week on week as well Frankfurt it seems like a hard team to get into because I think Kamado was on the bench the other week uh, he's obviously had a bit more of a, a starring role this week. Uh, obviously, Jovic can't get into the, can't even get into the starting eleven at the moment, and he's got three goals on on his return. Um, so I think he'll he'll soon make a a more um, significant contribution in terms of starting games soon. I think they just want to get him up to speed. But the fact that he's scoring goals already is a is a fantastic sign for them. Um, and obviously, as we kind of see teams peak and trough throughout the season as as is football and, and kind of form there i don't think there's any better team at the moment than frankfurt obviously we've seen teams like freiburg and and obviously gladbach now are kind of hitting a bit of form but um frankfurt for me look really dangerous the way the way they're going forward like we like we mentioned kostic earlier on this season wasn't really hitting his straps but I mean, if he's now playing up to his sort of level again, that's that's a huge bonus for them. Um, so it's looking good for Frankfurt in terms of obviously their challenge for, uh, well, I mean, they're in sixth as, as we speak. They're two points as well now off fourth. Um, well, two points off third as well, technically speaking. So, I mean, they can achieve anything they want to if they keep this form, form of... Uh, you know, going for for a good, you know, a couple of couple of months, they'll be really well positioned. Um, from a Bielefeld point of view, I think we like we just said, there's not much you can you can do if you if you sometimes find yourself playing a team that just have better quality than you, and for all the effort that you can put in, sometimes it just isn't enough. Um, so they'll just have to take that one on the chin, um, and obviously happy that they're probably happy that obviously cologne weren't able to collect points themselves so they stay in that um much craved 15th place for now um so yeah not not a huge disaster for bdfl they can just move on and concentrate on next week yeah for me it was more of a case of the they just ran into a team that were red hot today you know i mean obviously before that they kept three straight clean sheets and four clean sheets in five so, I mean, they were especially defensive, but they were on fire, really. I mean, 
nobody could penetrate that defense. And um, but I mean, for me, Frankfurt are possibly the on, the most on form side in the whole league at the minute in terms of the level of performance. You know, I mean, they just create bags of chances every game, and they've got like as you've already mentioned. I mean, Silver is really really hitting his straps now. He's starting to find the net on a very very regular basis after perhaps not doing quite as well as what people would have thought in maybe the first seven or eight games, with the last 10 games or so, he's really getting a lot of goals. And I mean, I really like, obviously, Kamada, I've mentioned him a lot. I've been really impressed with him all season, really. And I think this was one of his best games as well. The, the likes of Amin Yunez, I really like him as well. Yeah, he's another yeah. young player that's come from nowhere, really. I mean, that's I didn't good. even know about him before this season, to be honest, and I've been really impressed with him. And then even at the back, they've got quality. I mean, Eric Durham, obviously, he came, he started his career at Dortmund as well. And I think he played under the Klopp teams too. So he's got experience at wing back. Kevin Trapp, you know, another, uh, I mean, we mentioned early in the season, I don't think he was really on his best form, but we're really starting to see him come good now. And he's got the leadership experience of his time at Paris Saint-Germain as well and I mean they've got I would say apart from centre half they've got like real top quality players all over the pitch Sao is another one uh, Ibrahim Sao is an excellent uh, like holding midfielder it's it's turned for me this is a side that there's no reason to believe they can't get top four to be honest especially with the signing of Jovic I mean that that is just the push forward you need to really get you over the line, you know. And I mean, if there is a time when Silver isn't scoring or isn't performing, and they can change the formation too, they can go two like out and out strikers up top. Yeah. During the game as well. So, I mean, it's just um, things are going really well for them at the minute. Well, what, do, you, do you fancy them for top four, Rory? Do you think they can do it? Uh, presently, the, the way that other teams are playing and the way they're playing, I'd say that. I'm confident that they will. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to remember, it's only a short season, really. We only have another 16 games to go. So it's Mm -hmm. not like they have to sustain it for that long, you know. I mean, realistically, for me, if they can get another like eight, nine wins from those 16 games, they could get in there, you know. Maybe 10 at the very, very most they'll probably need, I would say. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's move on to the final feature for game, and I think this is one both of us looked at this game and we thought, oh, this is probably going to be like the game to miss of the weekend, really. But I mean, it it was anything but really, wasn't it? I mean, it was a very very eventful game, starting off with exchanging penalties. Um, obviously, I mean, the, we we mentioned it's quite ironic, really, because after Piotek missed the penalty in midweek. We said that Cunha needed to step up this time. And I mean, it was an even worse penalty from him, wasn't it? And I mean, it was just, uh, and then obviously that would have made it one all. But then uh, I think for me, this was probably Bittencourt's best game in a long time as well for Werder Bremen. I mean, this was much more the Bittencourt that we were seeing perhaps earlier in the season at the back end of last season as well. I thought this was a brilliant performance. He got the goal with a, with a belting strike, really. Rory, what do you make of this uh, this match as such? Yeah, I agree, actually. I think Bittencourt uh, had a really good game, his, his best game for a long while. As we've mentioned before with Verder, he if he ticks, Verder tick, basically. Um, so he, you know, he played a really vital part in, in, their, in their game and in their win. Um, the, I think it's the third goal which he scores. Uh, the pass to him is exceptional as well. I think it's Eggleston um, who, who plays that in. So that's a really nice bit of football, actually. So um, a bit of a mix of, obviously, we've seen um, Verda sometimes looking more dangerous through set play 
obviously the danger of top rack, which he obviously scored in this game as well. Um, but it's nice to see them play some, you know, some really fluid football as well, um, which was certainly the case for, for their third goal. Um, yeah, it's a bit, uh, obviously, the opening exchange of penalties is is a, a, a key part of the game. Um, all of a sudden, Herter have got a bit of a problem with penalty takers. As yeah, as we kind of goaded goaded them into putting yeah Kuna on penalties, he then obviously has has his effort saved. Um, so that all of a sudden you're kind of thinking, hmm, well, you know, you, you don't want penalties to become an issue because obviously they're there as a golden opportunity to to get yourself a goal. Um, so that's a bit of a worry. Um, and then from there on in, I think it felt fairly inevitable. Um, obviously, they got a goal back through Cordoba. There's a good header as well, actually, just on half time, I think it was. But Verda then pushed and, you know, were able to get their, their awards um, in the second half. And even a goal for Josh Sargent, um, which again was a really good hit, actually. A uh, clean hit from distance to make it 4 1. Um, after kind of battling it out with Genduzi in the middle of the park um, for possession. So, yeah, it all came together for Verder and it ticked. Uh, um, so perfectly, you know, perfectly timed win, um, which sees them stay above Herter in the table, crucially. Um, and, yeah, Herter are kind of sitting, you know, very, very close to... <laughs> You know the the danger end of the table, um, and uh, as you've already said uh, earlier on the show, Mark, the the manager has has suffered as a result, and I can't can't really say I'm shocked the way that you know the way that they've been playing lately. Um, they can't buy a win at home other than beating Schalke um, maybe three weeks ago. Uh, it was now so. Yeah, I mean, they've certainly we've uh, and again, you've certainly mentioned it, Mark. They certainly have a squad that is capable of more than fifteenth or joint sixteenth. Well, sorry, joint fifteenth rather um, in the table, um, being on the same points as Armenia. They wouldn't have been satisfied with that at all, you know, as a Hertha Berlin fan for sure. So, yeah, I think it's it's about right to you know get get rid and try and refresh you know refresh the squads get some new thinking in there, maybe try and play a different way because um, they certainly have the players capable of minimum mid-table, you'd say, really. Um, but, yeah, a really important win for Verder as well because that kind of reconnects them with kind of the middle of, well, it reconnects them with uh, a bit of safety, actually. Um, but, yeah, obviously... It, Things aren't looking so good from uh, from Herter's point of view. Yeah, absolutely. It's quite ironic as well because in the first game of the season, this ended in a four-one win for Herter in Verder. So it proves that the Bundesliga can just be crazy sometimes, can't it? Like teams trading four-one away wins at different parts of the season. But yeah, I mean, for me, this was uh, this this match. It proved that Werder Bremen they can play some really entertaining football when they want to. I mean, we we've, we've probably only seen it three or four times before that, and I would say the one that really stands out in mind was when they played Bayern Munich away and they got the draw like they were fantastic that day and for me this was probably on par with that level of performance really and I think as you say I mean top rack I met I remember I mentioned him in the preview that he could be like one of the dark horses for like a real top signing 
from Dortmund. He went under the radar. I, th I think they got him for like three or four million euros. So it was mm -hmm. a real bargain. And I mean, he's yeah. really starting to show some quality. Like when you've got a team that don't score that many goals, but you've got a centre half that can come in with like five, six goals a season, big goals as well that win you points. I mean, that's important, you know. And I think his leadership at the back as well is really quality. He's an expert. I think he's around 30, 31 now. And he's played at obviously Dortmund, some big clubs in Turkey as well, I think. So, yeah, I mean, he um, yeah is a real top player. But I think, yes, yeah, Sargent, Josh Sargent is a player for me that he has a lot more potential than what his, uh, his statistics show. Do you understand? So it's like he's one of those players that if you look at his stats, you think, nah, I'm not having him at all, you know. But for me, the performances are better than his statistics. And I think he's still a young guy, the American. And I think if he can start finishing a little bit more, he could be a real decent player in the Bundesliga. I think he is suited to Bundesliga football. And I think um, like I would like to see him start finding the net a little bit more. But yeah, I mean... This bodes well for Werder. I mean, I think overall they're having a decent season, to be honest with you. I think obviously like 21 points now from 18 games. So they're comfortably over a point a game average. That's going to keep them in around like 11th, 12th by the end of the season. I think after what went on last year and the financial problems at the club, they'd be more than happy with that. Absolutely. I, as for Hertha, on the other hand, it's just not good enough at all, as far as I'm concerned. It's just, uh, I mean, they've got a team that should be, on paper, I would say they were, they're arguably like sixth, seventh, to be honest, on paper. They, they should be that high. But, I mean, they're just playing. I would almost go as far to saying, do some of these big money signings really want to play for Hertha Berlin? I would go that far, to be honest. I, I'm going to say, like, were they using Hertha as, like, a stepping stone? Because it seems as though in possession, they're quite nice at times. And like even like Gwen Dozier, like can play some good football, two starts. But I mean, there's no like effort when other teams have got the ball at all, is there? And they let the heads drop so easily. I mean, we've seen in both of these home batterings, really, by Hoffenheim and Werder Bremen, that as soon as like the heads drop, they just get battered, really. You know, and as yeah. soon as like they miss the penalty, it's game over. And it's just... Uh, you, when you're getting, I mean, some of these guys in Hertha Berlin, they're going to be getting on, they're going to be on like 70, 80 or even 100 grand a week, I would imagine, some of them. And I think uh, Hertha Berlin have really, really invested a lot of money this year. And the fans and everybody should be expecting a lot better from those players. And I hope yeah. they get a tough coach in who's going to really say, hey, like, you got to work if you want to get that kind of money, really, you know? Mm hmm. Okay, so that's the end of our feature four uh, this week. So, yeah, let's uh, go over um, the rest of the games. Okay, so let, let's start off. There were some other games uh, along with that as well. So let's start with a nice 2-1 win for Augsburg over Union. Like, the thing that stuck out for me was Niederlech. Now, obviously, he got 13 goals last year, and he was one of the, for me, he was one of the kind of unsung heroes of the season. This year, it's not been anywhere near as easy for him. But, I mean, that first goal was really well taken, Rory. It was, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of pointed him out last week, actually, or in midweek. Um, it's all kind of merging together time <laughs> these days <laughs> um, for his um, perhaps lack of clinicality in the game against Bayern. Um, he certainly had a really good chance at the end to perhaps um, grab an equaliser for, for Augsburg. So he'll he'll have been absolutely buzzing to have got that kind of chip off his back and, and, try, and to have basically got his you know his season properly underway now um in what was an, another very timely win for for Augsburg. i think certain teams in the bundesliga just have this um 
<laughs> this ability to just win where they need to, um, which obviously ultimately keeps them in mid-table. Um, and that was another very well-timed win for, for Augsburg. Um, it's, uh, from a Union point of view, they've just started to run out of steam a little bit. Um, and maybe just a few things that's gone against them lately. And as a result, they've dropped out of the kind of top four, five, six, and now they're down in eighth at the moment. But that's far from a far from a disgrace at all. It's just um, sometimes it's hard to keep that sort of momentum up. Um, and they just, you know, they came unstopped this weekend. There's no, uh, no disgrace by any stretch of the imagination. I'm sure they'll come bouncing back. Um, to to hopefully kind of still challenge because they're still still in the mix for a top six and, and that would very much cap off a, a tremendous season for them. Yeah, absolutely. You can't win every one of these games. Eventually, you're going to lose one of them. And I mean, some of the results they've served up this year, you know, and I think obviously, yeah, for Augsburg, it's a, it's a big win because obviously going to Dortmund away next week, I mean, it's obviously it's never easy going there. And if you lose that, all of a sudden you're on a run of like, four or five defeats in a row. So, yeah, I mean, this was a big win and it was a deserved win, to be honest, as well. It was, uh, yeah. Okay, and moving on to a big game for the top four. I mean, fourth place, Wolfsburg now. And they're actually, this is uh, obviously Leverkusen in, in third as well. So there's not much between those sides. For me, this was a game where Leverkusen, like, again, they're just not taking the chances at the minute. I mean, they've had so many chances in that first half. So many chances, and then they get hit with the sucker punch, really. This was one of Wolfsburg's first chances of the game, really, to go one yeah. nil ahead. And I just think it, things just aren't going for, for Leverkusen and Rory at the minute, are they? No, again, much like Leipzig or Dortmund or, or anyone like this, even Gladbach uh, earlier on in the season, they just seem to get themselves going, and then they get hit, and then they have a bad result. And so... After their midweek win against Dortmund, I fully expected them to kick on again um, and do like a similar run to what they did at the start of the season in terms of not being not being beaten. Um, so, yeah, it is a case of obviously missed chances in, in this game, certainly. Um, I think they started the game pretty well um, from what I've seen. And, and then obviously they did get a bit of a sucker punch in the end. Um, but Wolfsburg are, are a team... Uh, again, at the start of the season, we we really gave them a bit of flack, and and we because we, we expected more from them because we know how much they can produce. And and since that point, um, they you know just very slowly got themselves underway, built confidence. Um, obviously, and now been led from the front by uh, a really capable striker in the obviously in the shape of Veghorst, and players around him now are really starting to come to the fore. Um, so. Huge win for them. Didn't have to be pretty, just had to be three points. And now, obviously, as a result of, of other results, they're now in, in the top four. Join on points with Leverkusen, who they obviously beat. And now just, yeah, three points off second place. And they're now really enjoying a really good season. So long may it continue for Wolfsburg, because, again, it's always good to see different teams inside the top four. Um, obviously, in theory, at the moment, if you're looking on form, You'd probably say a top four of Bayern, RB, um, Wolfsburg and Frankfurt um, because it's obviously those two teams I've just mentioned are obviously in, in really good form. So we'll see where where it all lands uh, at the end of the season. 
Yeah, I think one thing that Wolfsburg have got that perhaps some of the other teams that are doing well haven't got is they've got some real steel in there as well. I mean, we saw it early season when their attack was really not firing, but they didn't lose many games. And I mean, as it happens, the only games they've lost all season were away at Dortmund and away at uh, Bayern. They're the only games they've lost all season. I mean, for me, they've got a really good goalkeeper in Castiles. For me, he's probably one of the better goalkeepers in the Bundesliga. I'm a big fan of him. I also like the centre-half partnership of Lacroix, the Frenchman, and also Brooks is like... He's not the most orthodox. He kind of looks more like an MMA fighter or something, doesn't he, really? <laughs> but, I mean, he's a real leader in that side. And he's another one a bit like Toprak who can knock a few goals in as well. And I think uh, this was a really, really good defensive performance from them. A really, really outstanding performance defensively, particularly from Wolfsburg. Okay, so let's let's move on to the, the Baden-Württemberg derby between Freiburg and Stuttgart now, yeah. I think this was a game that followed a similar pattern for how things are going at the minute for Stuttgart. I mean, they had by far the more chances in the game. Obviously, they took the lead through uh, the prolific Silas, who seems to get a lot of goals these days, doesn't he? I mean, obviously, the VAR looked to rule it off, but then they allowed it. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, they have another couple of chances. And uh, obviously, Gonzalez misses the pen. I mean, Getting on to Gonzalez's penalty, I mean, it was a horror show, that one there. I mean, he just kind of, I don't know what he's doing. I think he gets caught in two minds and he doesn't know what to do. And he ends up basically just saying, okay, goalkeeper, I'll pass it back to you, you know, because that's what happened in the end. It was a horror show. But then even in the second half, I mean, it's just chance after chance, really, for, for Stuttgart. But they just can't get the leveler. And I think for me, this probably wasn't Freiburg's best performance, but it's still a big win because it, it, it gets them, you know, they're on to like, I think that's uh, six wins in eight for them now or mm. something. It's like they're really, really like, this has been a prolonged period of form for for Freiburg. I mean, both goals were a little bit lucky, to be honest. They were both deflected goals. Obviously, Demirovic, who's starting to become quite prolific as well, getting the equaliser. And then, um, yeah, the obviously a, a similar winner, which could easily have been prevented, really, by Stuttgart. But it's just not happening for them at the minute. Uh, Rory, are you starting to get a little bit worried that you're... I mean, I know you kind of root for Stuttgart a lot. Are you getting a bit worried that it's falling apart for them at the minute? Um, in terms of results, it is a little bit, yeah. Um, which I'm sure the coach... Pellegrino Matarazzo um, will not be happy about um, because some of the performances haven't maybe merited um, the results that have come. Um, one thing that I think Stuttgart do have on side is is obviously the fact that you were mentioning they could have scored X amount of goals anyway. Obviously, the missed penalty ends up you know costing the you know Stuttgart maybe a point. Uh, in the end, but I think the very fact that they are capable of scoring pretty much at any moment in time in a game gives them that edge over some of the rest of uh, the Bundesliga teams that are lurking below them. Um, I think at the very worst, they might come maybe 12th or 13th. I don't expect them to drop much further than that. Um, But hopefully they can um, reset themselves a bit, maybe shore up defensively somewhat. And um, then the goals, the goals will come because they're, they're, the way that they play football is really, really exciting to watch and is really positive. Um, so hopefully, yeah, the soft spot for I, that I have for Stuttgart um, will continue and that they'll continue to uh, impress as uh, we go on to the latter half of the season. Yeah, definitely. I think I would agree. I think there's not really much 
going wrong uh, performance-wise, and they're still creating bags of chances. But I think, yeah, defensively is where the problems are. Really, it's they are making mistakes in defence. Definitely, at the moment we saw it midweek against Bielefeld as well, when they probably had the more chances and ended up losing three 0 And I think today's game was similar. I mean, they they had at least. I don't know, three, four golden chances, including the penalty to score more goals in this game today. And I just think um, that's what's changed, really. You know, I mean, they're, they're not taking the chances and they're making a few errors at the back, which is leading to some of these defeats and draws at the moment. OK, so let's move on to the Sunday games, both very, very one sided matches. And I mean, yeah, Schalke is just uh, it looks done for them, really, doesn't it? Let's be honest. I think there's no real optimism really there for them at the minute. I mean, this was like, again, I didn't think this was a vintage buy-in performance, but it was a, as comfortable and away win as you're going to get, Rory, really. Yeah, I think so. Um, didn't have an awful lot of hope for, for Schalke at the start of the game. And obviously the result uh, is a comfortable away win for Bayern. Um, Lewandowski, Muller, I thought were good. Um, good, Obviously good for them both to get goals. So, yeah, a comfortable win for Bayern, looking very strong now. Um, I think now the fact that they've got a seven-point lead at the top of the table is obviously, in terms of the title race, is, is looking quite ominous. Um, it's probably a bad thing for teams that are involved in the Champions League as well, because it probably means that they can go hard at that as well. Because, um, uh, like we said, um, I don't think we've even seen Bayern out of third gear maybe um so that's quite scary in itself um so i think you know obviously completely deserved winners today um so they are i think we'll start to see a bit more from them in the second half of the season and i think they could could uh, do a double again we'll have to see yeah, absolutely. And then obviously the, the weekend's action finishing a very, very comfortable win for Hoffenheim. Back to back 3-0 wins for them. Things are really starting to turn around for them. Obviously, starting with the fact that Kramer had just started finding the back of the net again. And I think the other big point is that Baumgartner, their young uh, hero really from the youth system there, is really starting to find his early season form as well. And I mean, obviously, he got the second goal today with another good performance from him, backing up an excellent performance midweek against uh, Hertha Berlin. And uh, so, uh, Rory, the main thing I want to ask about this one, do, do you think um, it was the right decision for the Hoffenheim uh, hierarchy to keep on to Sebastian Hernes? At present, I'd have to say yes, because of the last two results. Um, so fair, fair play to them for, you know, holding holding fire for now um, because obviously two big 3-0 wins of, you know, they've pushed them into 11th place and then all of a sudden you're thinking, what was all the fuss about? Um, so, yeah, it's amazing how quickly your fortunes can turn around in football. So, yeah, uh, very timely that Kramerich has got some goals, obviously two penalties today, um, you know, but, you know, still got to put them away at the end of the day. Baumgartner looks a hell of a player. Um, certainly coming into his own again in terms of form. So that's encouraging for them. Uh, bad day at the office for Cologne. Um, obviously still sitting in the relegation playoff place. Obviously the one, you know, saving grace for them is that they're only a win away from jumping outside the place. So uh, still lots of mileage in this one, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So that brings an end to our... Um... Uh, week 18 review. So let's quickly go on to Petrie and Pundit predict with Rory. 
Yeah, let's do it. We'll skim through nice and quickly as as per. Um, so next weekend, um, we have Friday night game, I believe it is, on the 29th. Um, let's double check. Yeah, Friday night football uh, returns uh, and we've got VFB Stuttgart hosting uh, Mines. Um, so I think there will be a 2-1 win for Stuttgart. Mark, what do you think about this? It's a hard one to tip this one, but I, I'm going to go for 2-1 Stuttgart as well. Very good. Moving on to the Saturday afternoon games, uh, Dortmund host Augsburg, uh, and I think they'll get revenge from their earlier shock uh, result in the reverse fixture. I think they'll win 2-1 just. Yeah, I've gone for 2-0 to Dortmund. I just think they've got to win eventually. Very good. Uh, and then on to Bayern Munich hosting Hoffenheim. Obviously, the reverse game was a 4-1 win for Hoffenheim. Um, so I think it'll be 3-2 to Bayern Munich. Yeah, I've gone for 2-1 uh, to Bayern. Yeah. Very good. Uh, then Frankfurt, the form team of the Bundesliga host, Hertha Berlin. Um, I can't see anything but a Frankfurt win, so I'm saying 3-0. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good one for the coupon, really, isn't it? I've gone for 2-0, but it should be very comfortable to, for Frankfurt. Yeah, and another one that it looks like a good game, Union host Gladbach. Um, I'm backing Gladbach just based on current form. I'm saying 3-1. Yeah, we've seen Berlin, uh, Union do really well against the big teams at home, uh, but I'm going to go for uh, Gladbach 2-1. I just think they're really looking good at the minute. Uh, moving on to Werder Bremen hosting Schalke, and I think it will be 2-2. I'm going with a draw. Uh, ultimately, Schalke need at least a point, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I've gone 2-1 to Werder. I just think they're starting to look a bit better at the minute. Yeah, and then we've got Saturday evening football, which is a very tasty looking game between RB and Leverkusen, both dipping in terms of form. And I'm going to say RB 2-1 just because they have to win. Yeah, I've gone for 1-1 just because I just don't think either of these teams are anywhere near the best at the minute. Uh, moving on to Sunday, then uh, Sunday afternoon, we've got Cologne hosting Armenia Bielefeld. That is, of course, a huge game at the bottom of the table. Um, I think it will be a tetchy 1-1 draw. Yeah, I'm also going for 1-1, but it could surprise us this game. You never know with the Bundesliga. Indeed, last game of the weekend is Wolfsburg hosting Freiburg. Does also look like a tasty game, that one. And I think Wolfsburg's uh, fine season will continue with a 2-1 win. Yeah, I've also gone for 2-1. I just think Wolfsburg are really, really hard to get anything against at the minute. So, 2-1 Wolfsburg. Perfect. Uh, just to bring you up to date with scores on the doors. Between uh, myself and Mark, we have actually drawn the last two weeks' worth of... Uh, Bundesliga prediction so it remains at 8-5 to me so still plenty um, to do for Mark but still we can can quite easily mount a comeback I am sure um, so that leads us on very nicely to tie up with uh, our hero and zero of the week so we'll just quickly spin through that um, and the hero uh, of the week that we have chosen um, is going to be Nico Elvedi uh, for obviously his performance this weekend in Gladbach's win over Dortmund, a huge win, uh, two goals for himself, and he also got one in a crucial game in midweek. So three goals in recent history for Elvedi. So Nico Elvedi, very well done. You're the hero of the week. And then Mark, do you want to tell us about the zero? 
Yeah, so for the zero, I was going to give it to uh, uh, Stuttgart striker Gonzalez for his penalty, but because uh, obviously he's had such a good season this year overall, and also Berkey as well had a bit of a nightmare this week. But yeah, I think the news today breaking, I think the only zero can be Bruno Labbadia from Hertha Berlin. He's just not really done it in his nine months at the club, has he? Obviously, he had a good start when he first went in, taking them from 13th to 10th the back end of last season, but this season has been not even close to good enough at times, particularly the home form has just been a catastrophe really for most of his reign. So we'll have to see who Hertha Berlin get through the door next. Indeed. So, um, so that brings a close to the Hero Zero. If you disagree uh, with our choices, please do comment below in uh, the YouTube comment section. Let us know who you reckon did well or who had a stinker. And that uh, brings the show very neatly to an end um so as always thank you very much for watching hope you enjoyed the show if you enjoy the show please let your friends know spread the words uh get yourself subscribing um get those get those numbers for otb on the up that would be great uh so over to mark to close up as always Absolutely. So uh, remember, if you want to check out our Twitter at Over the Bar FB, we've got everything related to football on there. Remember to check out the League One show as well. They usually do a, a live stream nowadays. So, yeah, the, particularly if you want to ask any questions while they're on air, then please check into that. I don't know the exact date of the next one, but just look out. You, you'll get updates on your if you subscribe to our channel, you can get regular updates with regard to that. And if you want to check out the main website, you can see the otvfootball.net, which is the, the main centerpiece of the site, where you can see anything football or YouTube related. So it's been a great week. Uh, the second half of the season continues and Bayern are leading the way. So yeah, let's see what next week brings us. So it's bye-bye from me.